Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome, everyone. Today is episode four or five of Lessons in Resilience. I am so passionate about this series. So Lessons in Resilience is in addition to my podcast, Lessons Learned. And Lessons in Resilience for me is a deep dive and conversation with people I admire who are part of my life, people who just help me to continue going forward every day in spite of challenge, in spite of the hard things. These are conversations with people I love and adore. And today I'm so excited to be talking to my incredible friend, Salima, the founder of the, of Samara. And I, Salima and I kind of came into each other's worlds, like within the last like six or seven months, but it was like a kinship right off the top, I would like to say. Um, So welcome Salima. Hi. How are you? Good, I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm so excited too. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So I wanted today's conversation, I was just sharing that the lessons in resilience, um, the reason that I called this series this is we, it's been one hell of a ride through quarantine and through COVID, especially as business owners, especially as women who are trying to build businesses as um, women, women of color, South Asian women, women from East Africa. Um, and this has been a really hard season. And I think that we can be so in community with each other if we can share honestly about those hard seasons. And so I wanted to do this series to dive deep with people I care about, who I know are making big change in the world, big impact in the world, so that we can share our stories forward. So let's talk a little bit about Samara. So I was a fan from afar for a long time before we got to be friends, which it was incredible to see the type of work you do, what you were building with the solar backpack. Can you share a little bit about what your, what inspires you to work on Samara and to have created Samara? I think for me, um, so I grew up in Kenya and I noticed how a lot of kids were not able to do their homework every night without the use of kerosene and that kind of transition into creating the solar backpack. Um, And then while I was doing the solar backpack, I think I just realized that businesses and companies and brands have so much power to create change in the world and to really stand for the right things and make the right choices, whether that's through product or your supply chain or the people you employ, um, and just create sort of like this machine that can do good in the world. Um, so that's why I really started Samara, because I believed that it was just a way um, to channel everything that I was feeling and everything that I wanted it to become um, into creating something that could hopefully make the world better in some way. Um, I'd also just lost my mom at that. And I know we've talked about this quite a bit. But I think it was at that point, I just felt like I wanted to channel everything I was feeling and 
all the things that she stood for um, into creating something and building something that could embody her and be almost like a representation of her. And so whenever I think of Samara, I just think it's like she lived her life with so much simplicity and so much elegance and was so kind to everyone around her. And I hope that that comes through with Samara as we build it. Mm, that's so powerful. Um, can you share with us the meaning of Samara? Uh, well, the name Samara is actually my sister's name. Um, it's named after my younger sister, again, because I thought that my siblings were the biggest part of my mom left in the world. Um, but in terms of like what it really means, I think it's, it's a brand that, I mean, I think people think of us as a fashion brand, but I would say we're more of an impact brand um, that's just disguised as a fashion company. And I think it's like over the over the next few years, we really hope that it becomes something that just empowers people through every step. Um, the people that are employed at our factories and then the people that are throughout our supply chain all the way down to the customer um, and that people realize that we are really trying to create impact through everything that we do. Mm. And we talk about this often about how how do we validate for ourselves that our businesses aren't just here as profit-making machines, as like pawns in the capitalistic framework, but how do we make sure that we're building from a values-based place? Um, and what I would love for you to share, and you shared about your mom a little bit, is so many of us are experiencing so much pain right now mm -hmm. and so much hardship. And you were able to take something that was a very big loss in your life and channel it into impact and a brand and company that is impacting so many lives. What advice do you have for people as they transition that pain into impact, as they take those hard things in their life and imbue it into something meaningful? I think it's de like it was definitely a very challenging time for me. Um, and at that point, I really just felt like I needed something that gave me that sense of purpose um, and that pulled me through um, some of the hardest days. And so I think for anyone who might be feeling like that, I think at some point you realize that you have a choice, that you could either sit in what you're feeling and you can let it almost like dictate how every day is going to be. Or you can, because it's, it's all energy. You're feeling that energy inside. And if you can take it and just turn it into something, um, I, I always say that I think Samara has done way more for me than I could for it. And it's pulled me through so much. And I notice that now. And I, I notice that no matter how um, stressful it is or no matter how hard it is, because entrepreneurship is hard, um, it's done way more for me. And it's given me that sense of purpose that wakes me up every morning and makes me realize that there is stuff to be done. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think for anyone who might be feeling like that, I, I think it's, it's just realizing that you have a choice in every, in every, the only constant that we have in life is loss, as sad as that is. And it's going to happen, um, whether that's like through a job or through someone you love or through, it could be anything, right? And I think it's just about having that mindset or learning to have that mindset that you can get through it and you have a choice to either turn it into something good or keep it as a negative experience in your life. Mm -hmm. Something that I've learned in my 
research around resilience is this concept of self-efficacy. And it's our belief in ourselves that we can make it through the hard thing. And mm -hmm. so when you think of that capacity in you to say, this is a choice, I can move forward and turn this pain into something impactful. What are in your life supported you in doing that? What helped you even see that goodness in yourself, even in the hardest times? I, I think it wasn't really like the goodness in myself. I think it was more just, I needed something. Like I, I knew that I was at a point where like with like solar was doing fine, but I was always asking for donations. Um, and we had a factory in Kenya, we were providing solar powered backpacks, but it didn't feel like uh, it was self-sufficient. Um, so that coupled with everything that I was going through um, with this big loss in my life and I think everyone around me was feeling it too, like my siblings, my dad. Um, so I think it, it was, it was not me seeing the goodness in myself. It was more like I, I knew that I didn't really have a choice. I had mm. to do something that could pull me through it. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, when you're in that situation, you, you surprise yourself with what you can do. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And in terms of like the pillars in your life, how did community play into that period of transition, the way that you leaned on the people around you? I, it, yeah, community is everything. I think having people around you um, who you can just talk to and just share like the way we have with our mastermind group or just friends. And um, I look at my fiance now and I think he was someone that I leaned on quite a bit because as I was building Samara, um, he kind of just, he rode the boat a lot uh, in those beginning phases when things were really hard. And for the first year and a half, I didn't take a salary. Um, and I think that's the same with every partnership or ev any relationship. At one point, someone else is rowing the boat. Um, and it switches over time with your siblings, with your um, parents, with anyone that you love. Um, it's just about... At, and the time will come where you have to row the boat for them. So mm. I think and when it comes to, when it comes to community as well, you've built such a strong community with Samara and your customers and like the people who are just the evangelists of the brand. What do you love most about your Samara community? Um, I think it's, you know, it's so funny because during quarantine, it's the first time we I've actually like had the time to talk to our customers and really like get to know them. And it's why I started Samara. It's because I wanted to really find people who thought the same and felt the same and had the same almost similar view of the world. Um, and through quarantine, I've been talking to people and I'm realizing that everyone shares this almost the same values. Um, and it's cool because I feel like all these people I'm finding bits of almost like my mom and just what she represented and in, in all these people um so I think that's just it's been so nice to just realize that there are people out there who kind of believe in the same things that I do um but I think the one time where I really was in awe was when we decided to do the meal program during COVID and in no time, our community just like rallied up. And there's some people in the community who like, who just went beyond what I would ever have imagined. Um, and it's in moments like those that I, I just feel like, I mean, I think it's, you see all these brands that are growing exponentially and 
there's so much pressure all the time to grow and to become even bigger. Um, but it's truly in moments like those where growth isn't just in numbers and it's about also the impact and the people that you have around you. It's so interesting. A question actually just came in and it's the perfect segue. I'm gonna uh, pin it here. Um, when we are in those moments where we're seeing how other people are growing and we're seeing how other brands are scaling, mm -hmm. but we're so committed to our values. So sustainability, integrity, impact, these different values that are so key for both of us, which is why I think we come together so well. Mm -hmm. um, we have a question that just came in and I assume this is Isha. Um, how did you deal with self-doubt when you were initially launching? What did you have to tap into to become, uh, to be able to begin? And self-doubt isn't just in that initial stage. I think it's mm -hmm. like, it's a muscle that we have to continuously flex. And so let's start at the beginning. How did you overcome self-doubt in the early days? And then we'll talk about it as the company progressed. I think in the beginning, it was just like, at that point, I was like, well, I don't have anything to lose. Um, and I think I realized this just like a few months in that it's just about not giving up. Um, so whatever you do, whatever self-doubt you have, just like get through it. Like you're, it's going to work at some point. It's not about failure. It's not about things not working out. It's just about just don't stop. Mm -hmm. um, so that helped me a lot. And even now, like whenever I think about, am I the right person to do this? I know that I'm, I don't come from a fashion background. I've heard so many times that like fashion is the most competitive industry to get into. And I hear it like from so many people that are you sure you really want to be doing fashion? Um, are you sure you're, do you're doing the right thing? Um, but it's just, you kind of just have to go with what, you feel is right um, and know that there's no such thing as you not being the right person for something or you have to have had more experience at something you just just do it and you'll learn along the way mm -hmm. and what I'll also say to this question is we did a last week was our self-doubt week so there's two Instagram lives on my page where we talked about self-doubt and also um, the podcast last week so if you want like some more granular around self-doubt head that way but I loved what you said about like, it's literally just about not stopping. Mm -hmm. And same with failure. It's like, it's a, if, if there's a moment of a downturn, it's really just a comma in the sentence. Totally. We have yeah, to. It's not a destination. That. It's not a destination. Yeah. We have to see that this is for life or like, this is a journey that I'm on until there is an end point or maybe there isn't an end point. Totally. And it's funny also because when I was, when I started, I mean, we started with $500 and a production run of 10 bags. And I remember thinking like, I can't even imagine like being at a point where we have a bit of a team and we're at, at the point where we can have an office space and, and those things happen, but at every stage there's other challenges. Mm. And so at every stage there's self-doubt. It never goes away. And I think whatever stage of your company or whatever project or whatever endeavor you're trying to accomplish, there's always going to be roadblocks. Mm -hmm. And that these things that we're talking about, like when it even comes to like the self-care, like mm -hmm. the way that we take care of ourselves is how we move through self-doubt. It is how we move through fear. Totally. It's like, what are the anchors in your life 
that are going to get you through those hard seasons because the hard seasons are guaranteed. Like you said, the only guarantee in life is loss. And at the same time, we will always face hardship. And I think that the human brain likes to romanticize it and be like, once I get out of this season, yeah. it's never going to be hard again. Yeah, or I can't wait for this to happen. And then it happens and there's other stuff to figure out. And that's where we have to love the shit out of the journey. But totally. that really comes with practice and consistency and that consistent effort and continuing to show up. Now, something that you mentioned earlier that we didn't get to dive into is the meal program. Can you share about that, what inspired it, and then the massive impact that Samara had in Kenya? Like, can we please just have a moment for that? <laughs> well, first of all, it's the Samara community. So, yes. um, but yeah, I mean, I think during COVID, it was the epitome of like, it was the reason why I started Samara was because I wanted to build this brand that stood to do good in the world. Um, and then I always looked at other bigger brands and I was like, well, I wish they would do more. And I, I can't wait to be a bit bigger so that we can do more. Um, and then COVID happened and I was like, well, we can't really, like we could import masks, but I felt like there were a lot of companies that we love that were doing that. So we were, we just um, donated to them or, yeah, I was like, there what there didn't seem like we were actually needed with any of those things. And then I thought about like our home in Kenya, and we were talking to my dad one day, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, so many people have lost their jobs here, and it's it's really bad. Like, it, hunger is something that could kill more than the disease does or the virus does." Um, and at that point, I was like, well, okay, maybe there's like a way that we can rally the smart community around this and like do a, dollar, a meal for every dollar spent on our website. And we started with a week and we extended it for about three weeks. Um, and it was, it was just so nice. Like it, we then had a team in Kenya who went to uh, buy all the food and all the basics that every family would need. Um, and over three weeks, we ended up at, uh, doing uh, like raising enough um for two and a half thousand families um i just got for two bucks. weeks that's um, incredible and the, we we did like a calculation of how many tons of food and it was about 18.9 tons which was the equivalent of three elephants <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was just it was really nice i think it was one of those moments where it kind of took everything full circle and like the village beside where I grew up. Um, we just did it over there through the church um, and it happened over three days. And it was just really nice to be able to see that a community on the other side of the world um, can have so much of an impact um, in another corner where things are not as good. <laughs> I see your sister Samara coming through with the three <laughs> elephant emoji. <laughs> um, so we had a question come in. Actually, first, thank you for sharing that and for inspiring all of us, your friends included, uh, with the impact that the Samara community and that this initiative had. Um, because when I saw those photos, I was so blown away by how we can make the most um, of our privilege and um, the most out of how we can give back to our communities and our home places like the places that is our lineage um and you did that so powerfully so thank, thank you, you 
Salima for that and the Samara team and the whole Samara community. Um, so we have a question on how did you get over fear of failure or fear of competition when starting the business? Hmm. Uh, with failure, again, I think it wasn't, uh, I think it, yeah, you're always scared. Like what if something goes wrong or what if um, we launch something and it doesn't work? But then I think it's just, you see it as like a, a trampoline, as like you bounce off it and you move on to something else. Um, and I think being able to be agile and I knew that we were starting off with just $500 and um, we didn't have that much of a risk. Um, so I think that helped a lot. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that failure isn't a destination. Um, if you know inside that you're not going to give up and you know that you love what you're trying to build. Um, I think that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. And staying in our lane. Like I feel like that fear of competition comes from when we're either feeling insecure about what we're building and insecure about like, about the what. And also when we're just paying attention to everybody else and what they're doing. My mom always used to tell me growing up, she was like, you can't compare it. Like, just focus on you, stay in your own lane, like just work on what you're here to do. And I think we forget that even if there's another product like ours, the market is big enough or the world is big enough for more than one of those manufacturers to exist. And that it'll never be made the way that you've made it. Yeah. Like if someone were to come into your market, they wouldn't have the origin story you have. They wouldn't have the community that you have. They wouldn't speak to their audience the way that you speak to your audience. Totally. That unique mix wouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and also I think everyone does have a unique story to tell. Um, and the more that we're growing, the more that I'm realizing that. Um, and the power of human connection over brands and over, yeah, just over reasons why you do something or start something. Mm -hmm. So today's conversation is like, a, like it's periphery to burnout. Mm -hmm. When we talk about self-doubt, fear of failure, going through hard things while we build our business, we know that we all go through those seasons of feeling overwhelmed and like, am I doing the right thing? All these different pieces. But what's your experience been as an entrepreneur in facing burnout? Is it something that you've experienced? How, and if so, how did you move through that? Uh, for me, it was more... Um like for the first year and a half, I was doing it on my own. So in a weird way, like I knew that I didn't have time to burn out. Mm. Um, and then over the last year, I feel like there were like two or three times where I felt like I needed to just step away from the business for like five or six days to get my head in the right space. Um, and that was just, it was so nice um, because what I realized is that when you're doing something you love, it's, it's hard to completely detach from it. You can't, even if you're feeling burnout, um, maybe it's not really burnout if you love what you're doing. And maybe it's just a period of lots of stress and so much going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just about knowing when to take a step back. Um, I've noticed when I've done that, I, I mean, take a step back out of the day-to-day -day operations, which I think is really important. Um, and it's in those times, it's really given me clarity on what the vision for the brand is and where I want it to go. Um, and I, yeah, I, I love taking a few days here and there um, to just 
because I think when you're you're in the in the depths of it and you're running like every every minute of every day um it's very hard to detach and so mm. taking two or three days to be like you know what I'm not going into the operations of it I'm just gonna try not to think about it but I always ended up think I always end up thinking about it um mm -hmm. and it just gives me clarity in terms of vision and where we want to go and where we want mm. to get to um so yeah I think I think it's a mix between finding something you love um and then also knowing when to take a bit of a step back and also allowing the people in your team to step in um mm. to those positions of okay where are we going with this and where are we taking this i think that's super important mm. what i've kind of learned as i've interviewed different people and learned about their entrepreneurship journeys is that it's those micro interventions mm -hmm. it is like like you shared like four or five days at like every three or four months to yeah. just pull away and you're right we never stop thinking about it i honestly didn't realize how much i work until mitch like pointed it out during quarantine because working from home like my office is at home yeah my team is fully virtual and so people aren't usually observing my work patterns and now that we're in quarantine he's like you don't stop and that information is helpful because then it gives me data to be like okay i need to stop Weekends are sacred now. So I do my micro interventions or like my downtime fully on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And, but I know that I'm still thinking about work, even if I'm like in the garden or doing other things. It's yeah. like always in the background. Yeah. But I love that. I like, know. I love it so much. Exactly. I think it's like, it's so nice to be able to have that sense of direction and knowing that there is something that you care about so deeply. Um, and that you can sustainably build it because again like you said in the beginning this is about the long game mm -hmm. like we have to keep our eye on the future and the legacy or the different things that from a value standpoint totally. matter to us and that helps us plan like make our wellness interventions and plans happen totally um it's really cool to like be walking this journey with you salima and to like watch our companies grow in a, like side by side and also like to be inspired by one another and learn from one another. So this has been such a wonderful conversation. I would love to see from the audience and there's a delay between when we talk and when they hear. So give us one word or like a couple words about your favorite takeaway from today's conversation. And while we wait for that to come in, do you have anything that you'd like to share to people who are watching from your community, from my community, who are maybe just needing a little bit of light today. What is something that is bringing you joy right now? Um, I would say it's probably just spending time with the people you love. Um, that's the one thing that is, is just, it keeps me going. Um, and then to the community that's just been supportive of us, I'm just so grateful to everyone, to even to you, Komal, and all the people listening and all the people who kind of have kept me going um, when things got really hard or get really hard. Um, yeah, just, I think just always, I'm so grateful um, to you and everyone. <laughs> I'm grateful for this journey. I am gonna pull out what some people are saying. So Richika says, passion, we have dedication, just have to push through that fear. I love you, Salima. Salima <laughs> so much compassion fact like you are one of the most compassion-filled humans 
So my actual last question for you is, what are you most excited about that's upcoming for Samara? Um, what can you give us a little glimpse into? A little... <laughs> Ooh, that's a... There's a few things, but my probably my most favorite secret right now is a loungewear collection that we're launching soon. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'm super excited for it because, again, it's just like we never thought that we would be able to do clothing because everyone said it's so hard like you're never going to be able to do it because there's like so many different sizing issues and stuff um but yeah it's just it's been so nice that our team has just been able to power through and make it happen i can't wait to lounge <laughs> in that loungewear can't wait to get you a pair you know it's like that comfy chic vibe for the rest of this like whatever era of life we're in i'm so into this You've gotten a couple more comments um, that you just have to take the leap of faith. You have nothing to lose. Thanks for such a beautiful conversation from Sarah. Um, thank you so much, Salima. I'm just going to share a little bit about um, my program the next yes, right step do. before we head off. And like Salima and, you know, Thedin and Bunny and Rocky, everyone who's in our little mastermind crew knows I've been talking about this for like four months since quarantine started. But my biggest like my biggest service in the world, like I shared off the top, is helping people unleash and just tune into their own unrealized potential and to build what is in you to be built in the world and do it in a way where you stay well and healthy. So like we shared, fear never goes away. Self-doubt never goes away. These hard things about entrepreneurship and building what we love never go away. But we can build the practices and learn the things we need to do every day to be resilient, to face those things. So that's what I love to teach. So if you're interested, head over to my uh, Instagram profile, click my link in bio, and you can learn all about my five-week masterclass. We're announcing who our guest experts are going to be next week. Um, so stay tuned for that. Thank you, Salima, for Thanks believing Thanks so much, Komal. And anyone listening, me. consider her masterclass. She's amazing. You're going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> and everyone, go and check out Samara and get yourself something beautiful because, oh my God, I love their products. I love Salima. And I'm so happy you built this and brought it to the world. Thanks, Komal. Can't wait to see everything that happens with the mastermind. The masterclass, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Salima. I hope you have the best day. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Komal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show lessonslearned.co and if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show then slide into our dms and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think i should interview and talk all of the things with as always i hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you until next time guys bye